The Chiefs broke the Bills on the way to their sixth straight conference championship game. We're going to break it down for you on this week's lap. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the KC Laboratory, brought to you by Emprise Bank. My name is Craig Stout. Joining me, as always, is my good pal, Maddie Lane. Matt, buddy, how we doing? How we feeling 24 hours after the Chiefs come away with another Matt playoff victory? Let me tell you. I mean, for a moment there, you know, last week, I thought there was a chance that we, as KCS and as a company, were not going to witness the Kansas City Chiefs playing in the AFC Championship game. But, lo and behold, I still have no idea what that feels like, Craig. And that, oh, that is just so, so very sweet. As you can tell, we're down a man. Kent is still daydreaming. You know, I think he fell asleep daydreaming about the offensive performance yet again against the Bills. So, like, you know, maybe later in the week he'll catch back up. He'll be able to recenter himself and uh, give us another another rant Swanson moment. But for the time, I mean, he's just sound asleep dreaming of the offense. So it's just Craig and I today. Yeah, he um, he got a taste of what Patrick Mahomes has done over the past five years and just completely noped out of this one. He said, listen, guys, I, I need a little time to myself. I've been abstaining from this for so long that uh, when it happened, he just, you know, had to take a moment to collect himself. Can't really blame him. So, uh, yeah, but we're going to break this down. Um, we're going to talk about Kansas City Chiefs becoming um, a villain. For the Buffalo Bills here, I, I don't know if it's Please. villainous. Uh, certainly, the Kansas City Chiefs players waving on the sidelines as the Buffalo Bills fans were trying to pelt them with snowballs. Chris Jones villain pretty good. Chris yeah, Jones he did villain pretty. pretty he, he, yeah, that was a pretty good one. But Drew Tranquil actually like caught one, had it in his hand, and it disintegrated. And that man, like you saw, like pitcher. Like, the, the shoulder cocked. He was ready to throw it right back at a fan there. I don't know how well that would have gone over, but do you think here, we're, we're going to lead with this and we'll get into the Chiefs, we'll get into how things work. Do you think that this is now a situation where, much like the Colts were for the Chiefs for a long time, is this just one of those, hey, this sucks. I hate this team. I hate seeing this team in the playoff. I hate all the situ- all the players on this team. I hate Patrick Mahomes. Do you think that Buffalo feels that way right now? Or do you think that they've just been beaten down so much as a franchise over their history, not just recently, that they're just like, man, this kind of sucks to be a part of this franchise, be a fan of it right now? Man, that's tough, right? I, so I think the big difference is the Bills do have Josh Allen, so no matter what, they're always going to have a little bit of hope, right? The Chiefs going to play Peyton Manning, there's not as much hope there as you would have anticipated. Like, I know that extended to Andrew Luck, but still, same thing. The Chiefs weren't trotting out a Josh Allen to go out there and lose those games. So, like, there is a little difference there, but no. I think this one finally flips the script. I think you now go for Bills fans and Bills players probably being like, we got to get one of these playoff games. We've beat them in the regular season on the road. We've beat them in the regular season multiple times in a row. We've proven we can do it. 
Bills fans are excited. They thought this was the time. I'm sure players thought this was the time. And it just simply wasn't. At this point, there is no way that team wants to see the Chiefs anymore in the playoffs. I'm sorry, there's no way that team no way. can want to see this Chiefs team. It doesn't matter if they are playing in Kansas City, Buffalo, Germany, North Pole, in Santa's workshop. It doesn't matter where they are playing here. The Bills can't want to see this Chiefs team anymore. And I can't blame them, right? Like It doesn't matter what they do at this point. Low-scoring games, high-scoring games, overtime, 13 seconds, wide right on a kick. It doesn't matter what the situation is. They have just run into a wall against this Chiefs team, and it does create the Chiefs as like this perfect villain for a city. Honestly, if you look around the entire country, a lot of the country, a lot of teams' fans don't want the Chiefs to win. They definitely are a villain role now. This further proves it because I think neutral fans all wanted the Bills to win. Neutral fans of team fans that weren't people that weren't a fan of any of the teams that were remaining in the playoffs probably were all pulling for the Bills. Everybody wants the Bills to win. And then the Chiefs went out and beat them again. That's tough. That's a tough pill. That's, that is a tough pill as well. I mean, you mentioned, you know, playing at the North Pole. To be fair, somebody would have moved it, you know, clearly too much snow to be playing a football game. You can't you can't be doing that. Um, so, I yeah, that, that's just one of those, as I look around, certainly nobody wants the Chiefs to win anymore. Chiefs fans do, but there are very few fans of other teams, of other fan, you know, other organizations that are looking at the Chiefs right now. It's like, yeah, I don't mind if they win again. They're already in the territory of no, we've seen enough of them. We are tired of this. Um, we are tired of watching them have the sort of success that they have, and that just kind of leads us right into this. Maddie, the Chiefs have won five straight playoff games. Yeah, we back to last year, five straight. That's the second time in the Patrick Mahomes era that they have won five straight playoff games. The other one, obviously, the first Super Bowl that they won. They had a bye week, made it back to the Super Bowl. If the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens, they will have now six win eight playoff for it. Hey, win, win. Call them a shot. The people in the chat are uh, giving you all kinds Baltimore of phonies. Yes, right. There you go. There, there you go. Um, Maybe people. Real quick on the, yeah, on the villain, on the villain thing here. Uh, I, I tweeted this out. It's like a niche, a niche thing here. But like the Chiefs in a villain role, it's kind of difficult, right? Because we as fans, it's hard to, it's hard to really get an idea of how the team's perceived around the league. They are clearly the villains. The problem is like the Chiefs don't always have on the field like an attitude of villains. You think to the Patriots when they were really good. They clearly rubbed people the wrong way and kind of like enjoyed that. They enjoyed that aspect. You think of some of the Bill Belichick, number one, being the head coach. But you think of just how Tom Brady carried himself, how some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball carried themselves. They embraced that villain, that that oh, yes. team that everyone wants to hate rule. It doesn't feel like the Chiefs really embrace it very much. Not that they're against it. It's just they don't really feel the lean into it in the same way. Um, So it, it just makes this weird this weird thing, but I think for the Bills, right? And wrestling fans are going to notice, like the Bills, this whole thing the past like year and a half now is Cody Rhodes is going to finish his story at WrestleMania by beating Roman Reigns. Everything is leading up to it. Every single storyline looks like it's going up to it. That's the Bills this year. They are Cody Rhodes and the Chiefs are Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. And just like last night, like all those Buffalo fans, y'all are going to be so sad when Roman Reigns keeps the title at WrestleMania, I know I'm speaking to like a lot less people than everyone watching right now, but I'm telling you the people that get it will understand 
the Chiefs are the Roman Reigns of the NFL world right now, and everybody wants them to lose the title, and they just refuse to. And it's amazing. It's so fun being here. Yeah, except, you know, to your point, they're, they're not embracing being the heel. Like, even those Patriots teams, there was so much controversy following them around. You know, the the yeah. Spygate stuff. You had the deflating the football stuff. Like, all of that stuff. There was constantly something that was following this team around at all times. And yeah, Tom Brady was the best player in the world, is the best quarterback in the history of the game for now. I, you know, until Patrick Mahomes finishes his career. But this is one of those that the Chiefs, maybe outside of Justin Reed, aren't really embracing it. You know, they he he's the only one that's out here, you know, kind of talking a little bit and letting yeah. people know a little bit. And you know, well, that's fine. Like he he plays that way on the field too, like with that sort of intensity. So I'm okay with it. But they're not leaning into this whole, yeah, everybody hates us. Nobody wants us to win. Everybody doubts us, at least not publicly facing. Whereas they, they the use Patriots, it. Yeah. Yeah. But the Patriots were doing that stuff when they were in the middle of winning all those championships. Nobody believes in it. Nobody likes us. We're going to go out and do this despite them. And they were able to use that as fuel. We're not seeing that kind of publicly facing. We're not seeing that outward stuff. And so it does make me wonder if, there is some of that on the inside. These guys are obviously seeing some of the talk. It's not like they're completely tuning it out. You look at Patrick Mahomes kind of you know, subtweeting or sub-Instagramming, you know, Deion Dawkins. And hey, Deion Dawkins was a good sport about it. It's like, hey, go go oh, win another one. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a good sport about it. But they hear it. They see it. It's there. They are using it, but it just doesn't feel the same. I guess, as as maybe it has with some of these other franchises that have won a bunch in a row, that everybody was just tired of them winning it. Instead, it seems like everybody's focused on, oh, Taylor Swift, we're sick and tired of seeing her at the games. We're sick of, you know, like they can't pick on the on-field stuff. It's not like they're like, man, we hate Travis Kelsey. Oh, most people don't hate Travis Kelsey. He's a very likable guy. Oh, we hate Patrick Mahomes. No, most people don't because he's a very likable guy. So yeah. they're looking for those other ancillary pieces to try and nitpick and dislike now. And it's just, it, it, it's got to be difficult, you know, to be sitting there and going, I really don't want the Chiefs to win. So I'm going to target the fans rather than <laughs> the actual players that are participating in this. So it's interesting. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it's going to go here. But they are in the conference championship again. This is now the sixth straight appearance in a conference championship. It is not in Arrowhead Stadium for the first time in six years, to to quote my good friend, his darkness. Um, don't be sad the streak is over. Smile that it was there to begin with. Because like that's insanity that they're even in six, let alone hosted the first five. I mean... It, does that resonate with you at all, Maddie? Like, it, or is it just kind of like, oh, ho hum, they're back here again? Like, it, it, we, or does this year feel different? Nah, it, it did until this, and now it's kind of it's like, okay, this is the same team they've always been. Um, I, I eventually it will hit home. The problem is, and much like this probably was for the Patriots teams, like we're gonna, you know, over the next decade plus, you're gonna get a lot of Chiefs Patriots analogies because it's just that's the only team that or even in like the same stratosphere of each other right now, right? So you're going to get a bunch. It's going to get tiresome. And I don't mean to always go back to that, but like 
just like with Patriots fans, I don't think until the waning years did they really appreciate what, not what they had. I think they understood what they have, like Chiefs fans understand what we have right now, but I don't think they just understood like how, this is what it feels like to not be there again. And at this point, yeah, it's really been six years, I guess seven years if you go back, you know, like Mahomes' first year of this of, of this run, but so much of expectation, so much of what you just anticipate happening year after year has already changed in such a short, short period of time. So like, no, I don't, like I'm not sitting here surprised they made it here. I'm not sitting here like I was that very first time, like on the edge of my seat for the entire week leading up to the game. Like, oh my God, this is crazy. How are they getting here? They're one game away from the Super Bowl. They're two wins away. They're two hours of football time away from being Super Bowl champion the first time in my life. Like, that was there and that first time going into it. And that's not really the case anymore. It's just, it is kind of the expectation. And like, that's what this team's goal is, is to win the Super Bowl every single year right now. So the fact that they are still technically right now short of what their goal was, a very realistic goal, I think also helps like settle the nerves from that case. But again, eventually it will be more appreciated that six straight years they are going to the AFC Championship game even saying it out loud sounds crazy. And I don't mean to not like be like, oh, wow, this is great. It's just, this is who they are. This is who they are. This is what they are. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. I, it, it, Maddie can attest to this. I, I woke up on game day and for the first time in two years, I actually had a little bit of dread about this game. And, I, I think I figured it out as the game went along. Certainly it was, you know, the defense not holding up their end of the deal <laughs> early on there, but it it was that streak. Like I had a moment where I was like, oh man, like this is a beatable Buffalo team, you know, with all the injuries and everything. And, you know, th- this is a, a team that the Chiefs can go out and beat. But man, if they don't get this one, Buffalo gets over the hump over Kansas City now. The Chiefs, aren't in a conference championship game again. And so now Kent can no longer say his favorite line, you know, all you know as a Kansas City Chiefs under Patrick Mahomes is the AFC championship game. I didn't realize how much that meant, I, I guess, to to me. And we watched, you know, the, the last year, we watched the conference championship game together. And it may seem on the outside that, you know, maybe I was a little bit of a bundle of nervous energy. It's been a couple of years since I've really felt nervous about something going into the game. And this was the one. And so I actually, when we got to the post game last night, that's the most hyped I think I've been for a Chiefs win in a long time. And that includes a Super Bowl that I was over the moon about that just happened, you know, a year ago. But that was the most hyped because I think it, it when I woke up that morning, I had that, that thought, that moment. It was like, what if this is it? Like, what if this is ruining that streak what if this is the time when this doesn't happen and you know i god forbid you know i i, I doubt patrick levon mahomes you know that that's really what it what it stems from like we shouldn't at this point because all he does is prove us wrong <laughs> every step of the way anytime we doubt him so i it, it's one of those we're gonna come back we're gonna talk a little bit more about the game specifically what we saw some of the schematic stuff and break down a little bit of the Chiefs' victory over the Buffalo Bills right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. 
kcsn.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Maddie, schematically, we saw a lot of stuff from both sides of the football. Let's start with the defense because I don't know that there's a ton that we need to get into. There. Real quick, before we go into the game, before we yeah. go into the game, I just want to quickly say Joe Tooney got his MRI today. I think this is like the biggest yes. thing of the week. Joe Tooney got the MRI today. Uh, it's a pec strain. I don't know if they came out and told us what grade the strain was, but that kind of, you know, goes back to Andy's point that he thinks he is going to try to give it a go for the, for this next year. That's what he'd said post game without knowing the severity of the injury. So we can at least say as of right now, Joe Tooney is not ruled out of this game, right? Yes. So Joe Tooney might play and we'll get to the offense later and we get to touch on it again then, but Nick Allegretti came in for a couple series there in the game and was, you didn't know he was there. That's fantastic. Right. They ran right behind him a couple times. It went very well, right? So the Chiefs do have a very competent, very good backup plan if Tooney can't play, but it at least was pretty good news from the injury front for the Chiefs coming out of this that Joe Tweed did not tear his pack, and it sounds like that he is at least going to be in contention for playing in this game. And if I know anything about Joe Tooney, that man is going to go out there and he will just block with his waist and one arm if he has to. <laughs> yeah, he, he's kind of wired that way. Like the arm will be like taped to his chest and he's still out there doing that. I just tape it straight out. (laughs) He's just walking around. So he gets into a three-point stance and he has to do it with that arm because it's taped straight (laughs) out. Now, um, it was something that was kind of in the KCSN Discord last night. We have lots of people from lots of different professions and 
we have somebody who's a, a doctor that was in there that pointed out, it was like, they're going to know pretty fast if that's a tear, because that's something that they're going to go in and almost immediately do a surgery because you don't want to have to try and restretch that muscle after it or retention, all of that. Like basically we were going to know immediately the severity. So as the day went along longer and longer, we hadn't heard, Hey, Joe Tooney had his MRI. It's serious. He's in surgery, yada, yada. I, it, I gained a little more confidence about him being able to go back. So yeah, obviously a strain hurts. Don't get me wrong. Like that has to absolutely hurt, but he's massive for this team, especially against a team like Baltimore that does so much with their pressure packages and their rush plan. You need all hands on deck to make sure that communication's there, that everything is just happening the way that it needs to. And while Nick Allegretti fills in admirably in a lot of those roles, give me the guy that just knows how to do that silently with Creed Humphrey. And so anyway, yes, great, great call on that, Maddie. Yeah. Talking about Joe. No, there's a little detour so, we took. Now we can go back yeah. to defense. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's talk about him. Yeah. Uh, anything schematically that jumped out at you that you saw on anything uh, just kind of retroactively? I am I'm curious as to what losing Mike Edwards and Willie Gay on the first drive, the impact that had on the rest of the game plan from Steve Spagnuolo, because I thought they were a little passive in how they handled Josh Allen compared to how they have played him in the past. Right. And I, we can talk a lot about, like, I think some of the defensive line lack of pressure, some of the Chris Jones not doing a lot was probably them trying to play more contained. Oh, they did a terrible job at it. But, like, trying yeah. to play more contained, like, I, that doesn't mesh. Like, I know there's been some people talking about, like, maybe they were just trying to keep out of the pocket. They did a really bad job if that was the goal. Very. So, but, like, I just, they played very passive. And that's unlike Steve Spagnuolo going up against the Bills and Josh Allen. But I do wonder, you now have Justin Reed giving all these calls to Chamari Connor, who's a rookie who didn't really play full-time safety in college. He played nickel. He played corners. He yeah. played safety. He played linebacker. He played defensive end. He wasn't just a safety. And then to Deion Bush, because don't forget, Mike Edwards was already safety three. Deion Bush was chilling on the practice squad. Yes, he was here. He knows the playbook. He should have a good idea of what to do, but he still was a practice squad player until Brian Cook gets hurt, and then he comes up. So, I wonder how much of Mike Edwards and then Willie Gay, and specifically in terms of a spy, we even got a halftime report saying like, hey, that was in the game plan and the Chiefs lost it. They have to adjust. That doesn't usually come from the you know Chiefs side during a game. You ever notice Andy Reid never gives a post-halftime speech? It's always the opposing coach, right? It's like yeah. you don't get a lot of scheme talk about the Chiefs. So anyway, I just wonder what those two guys being out uh, changed because they, they seem so passive. They seem like they were playing a lot of bend, don't break. And I mean, it kind of worked. Kind of did it. It was up and down, right? So I don't know what to take away from this game from a scheme standpoint. I have seen them play this Josh Allen Bills team a lot, and they are usually a lot more aggressive than they were, even if you just want to reduce it to third and longs. Because I ended the Bills run game plus their screen game or swing pass game. They were countering the Chiefs blitz, but even on the third and longs, the Chiefs just weren't getting exotic in the way they have in the past. So I, I don't really know what to take from the game because of that. I don't know if that's a confidence in Spagnolo just kind of saying, hey, we can line our guys up. We can do what we need to do. We don't have to get two in the bag there. I say that as, you know, Drew Tranquil was playing split safety <laughs> at one point in this, going back to college. It's just like, hey, you played safety before. We need a little help. We're going to rotate and get a little exotic, and Drew Tranquil is going to drop into a safety position there. I I, I think that there were some stuff that they tried but 
you need to look no farther than nobody covering the flats. Like, that is where the Chiefs have lived all year long. Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams ate up the flats all year long. As soon as there was any kind of check down, anything underneath, those guys would plant, turn, and blow it up downhill. And I kept waiting for it to happen. Like, it was midway through the second quarter that Josh Allen turned, throwing the ball, checking down to James Cook again. And I'm like, okay, when's the DB coming onto the screen? Because he's not on the screen right now. When When is he actually going to get there? And it never happened. Like, you know, it was 10, 11 yards. That's not what this defense has been. That's not what they've done. I feel like they were so afraid of getting beat deep after the Mike Edwards injury. And then, you know, we're so afraid of not being able to corral Josh Allen after the Willie Gay Jr. injury that all of a sudden they were just like, listen, we'll give up the flats. We'll give up a little bit of the run game, but we are not going to allow this team to, you know, hit explosive plays, make explosive runs. I mean, they ended up having plenty of explosive runs there. The Chiefs gave up 182 yards rushing. That is the most in a playoff game for a Steve Spagnuolo defense in Kansas City. But they only gave up 186 yards passing, which is the least in a playoff game ever given up by Steve Spagnuolo. So I do think that they were just trying to put a roof on everything and just say, yeah. hey, we're, we're fine with it. If they want to just sit down and try and bleed clock, we have confidence in our offense to go out there and yeah. score points. And so it was just... To your point, Maddie, so different from what we've seen. It was, and like, yeah, it's it 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 worked to some degree, right? Like, you can't say it didn't work, especially in the second half. The Chiefs started closing things down a little bit. It became, you know, the Bills were the Bills scored one possession in the second half. So, like, they they adjusted a little bit. They started slowing down the run game. That was really the adjustment, right? It's, they didn't ever really start to come up on the flats or anything for the pass game or the Josh Allen scrambles. They just started slowing down the run games. Like there were adjustments, and I don't mean to say that. I don't think Spags was bad. I just thought the game plan was very interesting given how he'd always played Josh Allen by being aggressive, making Josh Allen think and really contemplate and figure out what's happening. He didn't really make Josh Allen do that at all in this game. And I think that was leading to some of these Josh Allen hero plays where he would scramble and pick up these big first downs or little stuff like that. And like, Again, it worked, so I, I'm kind of poking holes. It was just a very odd game plan for Steve Spagnuolo versus this type of team. Um, so, so yeah, and that's how they ran out with it. The, the the lack of players in the flats, the not being able to fully corral Josh Allen, like, and that goes to the pass rush. The four man pass rush was pretty pretty poor. Um, yeah. Again, this goes to though, like, are they just trying to mush rush it? Are they just trying to create a box to keep Josh Allen? and then catch him when he scrambles. There were a couple times where a diving defensive lineman was, I mean, a half a foot away from getting Josh down at the line of scrimmage. But guess what? They ain't going to get any closer next week against Lamar Jackson. So, yeah. like, if that is your plan, you need to revamp the, your rules or something on it because, like, they did a really bad job of containing the quarterback to the pocket when he did drop back to throw. So, like, if that was, in fact, in the game plan, and it wasn't a spy thing, or maybe that was a late adjustment because they did lose Willie Gay to a spy. Like yeah. We won't know this, right? We won't know the answer to this. It's just, I I don't know if it was my favorite C Spagnuolo game plan, but it worked. The Bills, you challenged the Bills to do what the what teams challenged the Chiefs to do two years ago. Yeah. Hey, we're not going to give you the deep ball. Go pick up six yards at a time and drive down the field. And to Josh Allen's credit, 
he didn't try to force anything. He didn't make any of dumb, dumb Josh stuff, right? Like he did exactly what the Chiefs were trying to make him do almost to a fault. I think his lack of aggression for three and a half quarters really put their passing game out of sync. I know the Chiefs made it hard with the coverage unit, but like mm-hmm. their lack of explosive passing game kind of put them out of sync when you saw it. And the, at the end of the game, when they had to really start making throws, he was a little off. His receivers and his timing were a little off and things just weren't clicking. And that's that's what happens when you throw 62% of your passes behind the line of scrimmage and then run the ball, you know, nine straight times every other drive. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen threw 14 times in the fourth quarter for 44 yards. Yes. Ooh. Stephon Diggs dropped a pass that would change that massively. That was an absolutely insane throw by Josh Allen. But without that, 3.14 yards per attempt. Like, that's that's what they were averaging when they dropped back to pass. And so, you know, James Cook in the final quarter went negative four yards, negative three yards, zero yards, and one yard. Like, he had negative six rushing yards. Lost some Basically people's right bets. there. Yeah. Yeah. Lost some people some serious bets there. But, I mean, it was, it was rough to sit there and watch them you know, try and get that going. Drew Tranquil was a big part of that. Uh, Chris Jones made a couple of plays. Nick Bolton made a play or two in there as well on James Cook to get behind the sticks, and they panicked. Like, the the offensive staff, Joe Brady and the Buffalo Bills panicked and decided, okay, we're no longer going to do the thing that got us here, that we've been able to move the ball against the Chiefs defense. Now we're going to line up, and we're going to try and sling it. We're going to We're going to let Josh throw and it almost worked again this is fun digs catches that pass we might be singing a completely different tune now that nah, patrick Mahomes would have gone down the field and scored it, yeah. It yeah zero doubts literally zero, zero no no no, no doubt yeah we're talking yeah. about the offense a little bit so i need to go into yeah we will we will but i mean they changed the game plan so starkly to go from we're gonna run it we're gonna keep everything short to bombs away and we're just going to keep throwing deep. We're going to try and do this, which just played right into Steve Spagnuolo's hands. You saw the pass rush be able to step up at the end. All of a sudden, right there towards the end of the third quarter, Josh Allen got hit a few times. Now, they were you know, not things that he was like super off kilter about. Like the ball was, ball was gone. Somebody's hitting him. You know, he wasn't in too much danger or anything like that. But you saw those hits accumulate a little bit. And then at the end of the game, Chris Jones makes an outstanding play. Like he would, I know people have been, have, there's a lot of Chris Jones discourse right now, you know, about, you know, effort level and things like that with some of the stuff that he was doing, which we don't know if that's part of the game plan, stay in your rush lanes, yada, yada. The play that I'm referring to is the one where he forced a fumble, rushing against the left tackle, seeing that Josh Allen was getting ready to step up in the pocket, running from the backside, chasing him down, hitting the ball, and then, rambling on his stomach, crawl, clawing to the ball and still getting a paw on it, not able to quite bring it in. That was an insane play that, I, you know, if, if the Chiefs recover that, we're just, you know, the, lifting Chris Jones up on our shoulders and talking about how massive of a play that was that he made there. But because the Buffalo Bills fell on that ball, it's going to get a little bit lost in that. The pass rush started finally, right there at the end of the game, to come into it as the Buffalo Bills started taking longer drops, basically played into the hands of what Steve Spagnuolo was doing. So I think that was the game plan. If I had to guess, 
and that the yeah. Buffalo Bills just came out with a better one that took advantage of the fact that the Chiefs were playing as passive as they were. Yeah, and like I said, I, I think things probably change a little bit more if you have an Edwards and or a Willie Gay in there, and so like that's why I, I on one hand hope that you know Todd Monken and the Ravens are sitting there kind of designing a little bit of what they're going to do based on what they just saw from the Chiefs because I don't think it'll look the same next week um, if those two guys are healthy, and like I don't know if what we saw from the Bills is going to be that different than from what the Ravens traditionally do. I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks play a little differently. You know, Lamar Jackson, we're talking about the whole game. Like, Lamar Jackson is yeah. more willing to sit in a clean pocket forever yes. until you make him move. Josh Allen gets a little antsy and tries to get out of it. So, like, there is some differences, but, like, the overall structure of the offense might look pretty similar. So, I kind of hope that the Ravens lean into what they saw from this game because I don't think that will be the case if everyone's healthy. But if it is, survive the first half. I mean, like, as bad as the first half was, like, what are you talking about? Bad. <laughs> right. But like, look at what they still gave up. Look at the, yeah. you look at the total points, the yards, like all the stuff that matters. Like it looked bad at times. I get it. You don't want to have the ball run nine straight times from your the 50 yard line into your end zone. That yeah. doesn't look good. That's really unfortunate. That sucks for every defender out there. But at the end of the day, they made their adjustments. They clamped down a little bit when they needed to. They forced some punts, turnover on downs because of a fake punt. Um, and so, like, they got they got what they needed out of it. And I just, I expect to see some changes if guys get healthier or if they have a week to game plan with these kind of backup players in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still not down on the defense. I do think the way the Bills played and this next Ravens matchup are a tough challenge for the defense because of how they do run the football. Uh, we clearly see, Keanu Tan, you put the Chiefs in base and say, hey, defend yeah. six offensive linemen or defend a fullback. Not ideal, right? It's like we we've seen that, and like there's there's no adjust. They don't have a magic pill for that. We've done seen that for all year. We've seen that for all five years now, four years now, right? That is what's difficult for them. So a tough matchup, but I think they'll have some curveballs for this next one. You know what's not a tough matchup? Playing with DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official betting partner of the NFL playoffs and is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. This and this weekend's matchup has already started to move a little bit towards the Ravens. It's it's a you know the Ravens are favored by three and a half points here. So at the time of this recording, I'm interested to see how that moves there. But man, this is not betting advice. I'm going to be putting some money on the Chiefs for that one because I I really do feel good about the competitive nature of that game and given. Three and a half? Yeah. So, I'm going to do what I did to start. I'm going to load up the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code KCSN if you're a new customer because you can get five or you can get $200 if you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, 
terms and responsible gaming resources. Let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball, Maddie, unless you had some other things that you wanted to talk about on defense. Nah, I, I mean, I think there's the time. I think there's the time to uh, to make our switch to the offensive side of the ball. And buddy, they're rolling. They're peaking. They're looking good. They are in that. They are in that form where you just kind of know real quick. You know, after like three plays, these both these two games in the playoffs, like oh, th- this offense has a little something going on. Yeah, and you figured it out quick in this game. And we, you know, we thought it was a possibility after the Dolphins game, but like I myself was a little skeptical if they would be able to pull it off again against another team, given all the Dolphins injuries. Well, here come the Bills equally as injured. So, <laughs> right? Like, get that out of the way first. This Bills team was missing a lot of players. But what you saw the Chiefs do is instead of attacking them the same way they did the Dolphins, they did, like, the opposite, and they just started throwing everything outside. They said, oh, you're weak yeah. in the middle of the field? I assume that you're going to protect that. You're going to roll safeties. You're going to play quarters and have a safety. You know, the backside safety is going to be sliding down to defend the cut everything. You're going to use Teron Johnson, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poy. You're going to use all these guys to defend the middle of the field. What we're going to do is just say, hey, figure out how to defend this stuff out of a condensed split. We're going to throw a bunch of touch pass with anticipation outside and see if you guys can pass it off and defend it. And they couldn't. They absolutely couldn't do it. So like, you get back-to-back performances of arguably the best Chiefs offense all year since the Bears game, and it looked completely different both times. Completely different. That lets you know two things, I think, right there. Andy Reid clearly is just hanging out until the playoffs come around, and he's dialing everything up. And number two, Patrick Mullen is just that guy. Everything changed. He's like, oh, okay, I have to trust MVS to make over-the-shoulder tightly contested catches now. Let me drop the ball right onto his chest and say, hey, I guess now that your fingers are up, you'll catch this one, and it happened, right? So it's just two different game plans, two great offensive performances. 15's clicking, Andy's clicking, the whole offense is chugging along. I don't care what the injuries look like. You can just watch an offense and know things are working. Things are working. Yeah. I, Nick Wright said it perfectly this morning. We are now to the point where Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, we, we get to the end of the regular season, we're questioning, oh, how are they going to do this? Like, what, what is going to happen? Is this finally the year where they fall off a cliff? Is this finally what it is? And Nick Wright said, maybe we shouldn't question it when Patrick Mahomes is asked about NDS and he's like, no, nah, I got to be better. I got to do this better. I still have faith in my guy. When everybody else is sitting around going, don't throw that man a football ever. He comes up with two massive catches on this game, in this game. The first one was an absolutely outstanding catch by by MBS. The second one was it, it, it's hard to describe this because we've been so normalized by Patrick Mahomes that he makes a play like he does on the second MBS one. And I, I appreciate the guys like Dan Orlovsky, Nick Wright, these other people have have highlighted it. Two free rushers come along, come outside the edge, off the right side of the offense. Patrick Mahomes steps up. Trey Smith gets a you know gets a forearm shiver into one of them to keep him clean off to Patrick Mahomes, and he just kind of steps and just casually you know does the little hip flip, you know flicks the ball up into the air and hits MVS thirty one yards down the field. It's like that's insane. Like we should be losing our damn minds about how he's able to do that about. Everything that he does in those sorts of moments, and it's just one of those now that we saw it and we went, hey, MVS cuffed the ball. Nobody went, hey, look at what Patrick Mahomes just did. That's insanity. He shouldn't be able to do that. It was, oh, man, hey, they threw it to MVS twice and he cut the ball. Good for MVS. We're just so normalized to that sort of stuff. 
So when he's that laser focused, when he's playing like that, when he is on that level, it doesn't matter. He, he zigs when you zag. He makes you wrong, even when you're right. And that's such a helpless feeling when you're a defense. Like the Chiefs defense sat there and watched Josh Allen run all over them, watched James Cook run all over them. And in that first half, it felt helpless. And yet they were, they had more answers to what the Buffalo Bills were doing on offense than the Buffalo Bills defense had for what Patrick Mahomes was doing to them on their side of the ball. It was a masterclass, and not just schematically, but also in execution. And for the first time this year, and again, we were alluded to it at the top of the show with, you know, well, why Kent's missing and all that. It felt like it did before this year for the first time. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, we we got our swagger back, you know, to, to quote those guys. Like, it, that's what it is now and what we got to see on Sunday. Yeah, and, like, we can keep digging in on it. And, like, again, it does matter that the Bills didn't have, you know, their starters. They yes. didn't even have all of their starters plus backups, right? And, like, yeah. that kind of stuff does matter, right? Did some of the, co- like, the covered bust on Travis Kelsey's touchdown I mean, one, it was a cornerback that bust the bust dropping deep and sinking under that, right? So it wasn't necessarily one of the backups in the middle of the field, but like still, it was a coverage bust. Does that happen if they have everybody in there? We don't know these things, but what you can come out of it is saying is like, one, Mahomes is clearly on a heater. He was doing just about everything right. There's like a small, less than five, you know, less than a handful of plays that he probably was like, eh, I can use a redo on those, right? But that that's about it. He's on a heater. Craig said it. They had an answer to everything. The Bills said, like, for a driver to, like, hey, what if we bring pressure? This isn't working. Let's just try something. And it immediately didn't work. To their credit, they backed out of it, right? Because, like, they go, oh, well, this, we've seen how this goes. It's not going to work. Let's try something else. And let's try something else. Let's play this soft shell over the top because they're hitting us corners deep. The Chiefs are hitting explosive plays left and right. And then here comes Isaiah Pacheco, just angry emuing all over them. Like, right? So, like, it was just... They had the right answer every single time, and we saw them do this against the Miami Dolphins too, and the only thing was against the Dolphins and they got into the red zone, they kind of ran out of answers. Now, looking back on it, maybe the ICN zone did play a little bit of yeah. it. <laughs> it's a possibility because all of a sudden they get in the red zone now and no, they weren't 100%. No, Yes, there were some execution errors, but man, you could watch that and be like, mm, I get what they're trying to do. I understand why this is happening. Here's them going for the end zone. Here's them setting this play up. Here is like, you could tell they actively had a plan and they were on their way to putting up points as long as something significantly bad doesn't happen. And so they're getting everything wrapped up. They're getting everything tied up nicely with a little bow on it as they head into the AFC championship game. And like, I'm sorry. Like, I know a lot of people are going to be on the Ravens. Uh, We're going to do that again, that whole breakdown later this week. But like, how are you watching this team right now and just having a good feeling that any team in the NFL is going to slow it down? I get it. You can point to the entire regular season. Kadarius Tony losing games. MBS yeah. losing games for them. Mm-hmm. Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, whatever it tackles. You can point to all this stuff, but you watch this team these last two weeks and you tell me you were confident you're getting the Week 11 Chiefs and not <laughs> this team that just played this game on the offensive side of the ball right now. You were lying to me through your teeth. Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs had six players that had a play go for 25 yards or more. Six! Buffalo didn't have a single player get one over 18 yards, and that was a Josh Allen run. This is uh, Isaiah Pacheco had a run for 29 yards. 
Clyde Edwards and Lair had a 28-yard run. That was an awesome run by him that has been bruised. Lost. Yeah, he was absolutely flying. Patrick Mahomes has a 24-yard run. Then you see MVS had a 32-yard catch. I'm not, again, I said six different players. MVS had another 31-yard catch on top of that. And then Rasheed Rice had a 25-yarder. Travis Kelsey had a 29-yarder. That is six different players with a play that went longer than 25 yards. We haven't seen that. We, we It doesn't matter how hurt you are. It doesn't matter what's going on there. That is just exceptional execution. And so any defense that's watching that is going, okay, so what do we need to do? We've got to make sure that we take away the explosive play. Don't allow them to get some of these things downfield. Don't allow them to get space in the middle of the field and run. We're going to clog things up. We're going to try and put an umbrella over the top of it. Oh, yeah, hell, um, Three of those 25-yard play or 20-plus-yard plays there, I, I said 25. Uh, Mahomes was 24. Three of those plays were runs. Oh, crap. Okay, so we need to stack the bot. No, that's not going to work because they're actually throwing the ball down. Like, you put them in this conflict. Now, all of a sudden, where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, and you got the best player in the world that is executing the scheme at a high level, and Andy Reid, being his postseason self, putting the extra layers on top of the base concepts that they've been building on all year long. It feels a little bit like Steve Spagnuolo in the playoffs last year, Maddie, where we spent all year being like, how can they dumb it down anymore? It's it's already dumped out. They're playing static cover two all game long. Like, what are yeah. they doing? Then they get into the playoffs and just little itty-bitty wrinkles that they're able to layer on top of it and teams are seeing it for the first time and then they're confused and they're able to get locked down. That's what we're seeing out of this offense. It was the base concepts. What's the new thing? exceptional they get into the playoffs against the dolphins they get into the playoffs against the bills yeah they're beat up wouldn't have mattered like good a good defense would have gotten beat up by this offense over the past two weeks with the way that they were executing and the way that they had their concepts were out rolling so i, I don't know i i just i i'm with you i i see this and i say man yeah baltimore ravens have really good defense but this has got to be scary to look at this Buffalo Bills didn't have like a slouch defense. Yeah, they were hurt, but they got some key players back. Everybody was talking about how great yes. that defense was playing yes. down the stretch. And I get it. They Absolutely. had a couple more injuries since that happened, but they were still playing great down the stretch. And it was weaker offenses. And I, hey, look, if you go look through the, the Ravens, I'm not, I want to be very clear. The Ravens have an excellent defense. They've had, you know, the best defense, the most consistent, the best, most consistently good defense all year. They are a very, very good defense. It's not going to be easy. But you look at their splits versus the good quarterbacks they played and the bad quarterbacks they played. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you were going to have, you know, worse, you're going to do worse against the good quarterbacks. Like, that's, you know, a given. Duh, Matt. I get it. Yeah. But, like, it's not like they completely shut out every good quarterback they played either. I think people are leaning a little too far into what just happened to C.J. Stroud, a rookie playing from an offense that's a little bit more static than what the Chiefs have had just in the past two games even. I think people are leaning a little bit too hard into that and not what some other, you know, better quarterbacks, not not better than Stroud, just better overall quarterbacks have done versus the Ravens where they have averaged over 20 points per game against that defense. So I want to start there. Then I want to move on to this. You're talking about how to stop the Chiefs defense. And like, yeah, I agree they're not getting crazy with some of their calls. Uh, it's still relatively pretty basic stuff, but it's been different both games. They didn't hit any against the Dolphins, but they ran a bunch of posts. They were split oh, the Seychelles nonstop, and they were close to hitting a couple to McColl. They actually didn't throw a few playing ball management, you know, trying to manage the game a little bit, not turn the ball over. But there was another three or four of McColl was open. 
easily open and Mahomes just didn't throw it for one reason or another. Then you come to this game. Do you remember them running a post? Do you remember them running a post? No, no I don't. No, no. They were they, they were they were attacking run. the sidelines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now we're going to come out and attack the sidelines downfield. Oh, where were the Rasheed Rice crossers? Where was Rasheed? What? Oh, he just cut a couple. I know he was a little banged up. Like, it's not like they were hammering Rasheed Rice on the crossers. Not like Travis Kelsey was getting hammered on crossers. So they have now given you two diff- entirely different game plans to prepare for. And you're about to look up for this team just in the past two weeks. Two entirely different things. Both of them were excellent performances. It's just they're putting a lot out there for any team to have to deal with, even a team with as good of a defense as the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens are going to bring a lot of pressure. They're going to have good pressure playing, good pressure packages and all that again. We're going to get into that. But I want to highlight this. Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones had zero pressures against this Kansas City Chiefs interior offensive line. Just, I I mean, uh, they had 38 combined pass rushes. It is Ed Oliver's first game, this per next-gen stats, First game without a pressure since week 13 of 2021. Like, a couple years ago. And they weren't able to get pressure. That's the other piece of this that should terrify any defense that the Chiefs are coming up against here. Because what we've seen throughout the year, this interior offensive line has not been particularly strong. They've given up some quicker pressures than... They should for the quality of player that's there. I guess I should say, we'll we'll put this caveat there. They're still really good, but some of the the things that we've seen them give up are uncharacteristic for a Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney. And then we looked at the tackles. Jawan Taylor did not have a good regular season. Donovan Smith, when he was hurt, looked really poor. Now, all of a sudden, they come out here against the Buffalo Bills, and both of those guys play really well. Matty alluded to it. There was one pressure at the beginning of the game from Donovan Smith that we remember, and then after that, he was blocked down. And then Jawan Taylor on the other side made everybody invisible that he went up against. This team is hard enough to beat when you've got Andy Reid dialing up the good stuff in the playoffs. You've got Patrick Mahomes playing with confidence and, you know, you know, over my dead body style games. Now you're going to tell me that you're going to go up against a good pass rush in the Buffalo Bills. They were a really good pass rush. They were top three in almost every pass rush metric. And they were shut down by the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, even with a backup in there. They just could not get anything going. And it's not like Patrick Mahomes was just getting rid of the ball immediately. He's sitting back there in the pocket. He was waiting for concepts to develop. They had some long developing stuff that was loaded up there. This offensive line was so, so, so good against the Buffalo Bills. And that team was full strength, as full strength as they're going to get from a defensive line perspective. This was a scary pass rush that they were going up against. And so were the Ravens. Not trying to not trying to say that, but if the offensive line plays that way and you give Patrick Mahomes that kind of time. It's really hard to beat this football. I mean, the the offensive line is going to be the big key here, right? It's back-to-back weeks, and I know against the Dolphins, it was a depleted pass rush, right? So you put a little caveat like, hey, they look great, but it, they didn't really have much. And then the Dolphins just had to blitz a bunch. The, the Bills have a solid defensive line. They're in the top five in the NFL in, in pressures this year. Like, they do a good job. They couldn't do anything in this game. So Patrick Mahomes' average time to throw was over three seconds. And like, yeah, he holds the ball a lot like, this year, but... 
at no point in time did it feel like he was holding the ball with nobody to throw to, right? He was holding the ball because it was long developing plays. He was holding the ball because the offensive line was giving him that much time in this game. Yeah, yes, they went condensed. They were coming out of play action a lot of it. They had chip helps coming out because they were in tight. Like there was assistance to get a hold of the ball that long. But at no point in time was there any kind of panic that he was about to get hit, that he was sacked, that he was really having to do anything to make a play. We mentioned two plays, and I think those same two plays are going to stick out to everybody. Donovan Smith on the first play of the game, where Mahomes has to spin out of it before finding Rice. And then there, there's the two loopers that come unblocked that yeah. Craig was talking about on the past day. And yes, and like, it was six men showing that she slid away from a, the player, and two guys happened to loop to the side that they were sliding away from. Good design by, by Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes said, that doesn't matter. Watch this. And did what he did, right? And so the offensive line playing this good is something you got to you, you gotta keep keep your eye on, especially when you consider the run game and how much better it's looking. Like the offensive line plays like this. The Ravens are a tougher matchup than even the Bills, who again, have a good defensive line in that aspect. But if that if the trench battle for the Chiefs offensive line and the Ravens defensive line comes out of net neutral, if that's even just mostly even, tell you what, I'm taking 15 over any secondary, any coverage unit you could find in the NFL, hands down, right? So like the offensive line keeps clicking like this. Hopefully Joe Tooney's able to play well. They will get it rolling if that's the case. If the offensive line can give them this. So like I I'm ready for this match. It's gonna be fun. I, I think this the, the Chiefs are playing really, really well right now, though. I think a lot of people are gonna look at what the Ravens body of work all year has been and count the Chiefs out. And I just laugh at them because it's just like do you know the Chiefs are like anything they've done? Like it's one that who cares who wins? Like, right, the Ravens might might win this game. I don't think they will, but they might. But how are you going to sit here and just like, oh, no, the team that just won the Super Bowl and has been here every single year and is like on this kind of run right now has no chance to our mighty Ravens where our quarterback just got his second career playoff win. Yeah, it's it's tough. And yet we're we're going to hear it all all week long. National media is going to be all over the Ravens, which I get. You know, Vegas is as well. I, I get like I'm not trying to take they are a really good football team. They are arguably, they have been arguably the best football team of the AFC this season, period. And it's not just because of the one seed, it's the way that they're playing. It's not, you know, it's not just like, oh, they played a light schedule, they won a whole bunch of games. We've seen that. We've seen that of teams recently. We've even seen that out of the Ravens recently. This is a different football team than any of that. But this is a different football team than the Kansas City Chiefs that were in the regular season. It's just way different. And so I'm really excited. I think it's I think it's going to be a slugfest. I I don't know that it's going to be a blowout or anything like that. I just feel this one feels like it, it's going right down to the wire <laughs> between these two teams because the way that both of them are playing right now is just absolutely insane. So I mean, like yeah, yeah. and we're going to dig real deep in that. I didn't say like the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a close game with the Bills, but like they had the worst the worst fumble luck you can have, and fumbles are by and large luck, yeah. right? They, they have one where a fumble gets knocked out of bounds by a Bills player when he has no chance to catch it. Okay, yeah, it's a penalty and like it results in a forward pass, conversion of third 17 directly to points. But like that stinks. Like that fumble, if it's two more inches away for it was a Dalton Kincaid, he can't knock it out of bounds and the Chiefs probably recover it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Josh Allen fumbles later and Shamari Connor tries to pick it up to scoop and score instead of falling on it. This extends the game longer than it had to be. Like, again, just fall on it and you get that. Oh, hey, by the way, McCole Hardman fumbled. And if it's like, three inches shorter than where it is or if it's 
a tenth of a second after when he fumbled, guess what? The Chiefs don't lose the ball and they go up by two scores and essentially end the game, right? Yeah, they're running Isaiah Pacheco on that next down and he's getting it. <laughs> he had the worst fumble luck you can imagine and still won this game. And like at no point in time was any Chiefs fan sweating down the stretch of this game because they were going to get the ball back with a chance to win and they were going to win this game and the situation it got there. So like, it, yeah, the game was close. And the Chiefs definitely didn't blow out the Bills, who were a very good football team as well with an excellent offense that had a great game plan. But, like, you can't have that bad a fumble. This isn't even, like, the bad Chiefs turnovers. This is just bad luck, right? I'm not saying, oh, McCole Hardman shouldn't have fumbled. That was just bad luck. And I'm getting a shout-out here to George Dixon, our number one Baltimore uh, Phonies fan here. Yeah, the Ravens' defense is is the uh, the best in points per game, point game points per uh, game allowed this year. Guess what? Mahomes is 6-0 and when he plays the defenses that lead the NFL in points true. per game allowed. So that's true. Yeah, you this can count that all you want. the time that, that he has faced the number one defense. Are, Never uh, scored less than 20 points against yeah, them. My, my guy Taylor Witt had that uh, yes. nice Taylor under on, yeah, Taylor underscore yeah. Witt on Twitter can highlight all those games. George, you can go Taylor underscore Witt on Twitter. You can find all those games. You can go back and watch them and see how uh, Patrick Mahomes does against the number one defense in the NFL. Hey, spoiler. Doesn't go well for that number one defense in the NFL. It does. We do appreciate shout it. Out to, shout out to Shots here. Threw a super chat on here. It said, Pat's different. Already more playoff wins and Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. Never count him out. If Patrick Mahomes wins this weekend, he moves into a tie all time for playoff wins. All time with just Montana and Brady in front of him. Maddie, let's close this out with some stickers, flaps, and spirits. Since Kent's not here, I'm doing his sticker for him. And we're doing MVS. MVS nice. gets a helmet sticker. Good sticker. Because uh, you know what? Have risen this guy down as a fan base <laughs> all season long. He has been awful this season. And all he does is show up in a big playoff game yet again, make a couple of, of monster catches, almost led the Chiefs in receiving yards. Travis Kelsey eked him out there, but a monster game for MVS. So uh, a helmet sticker for him. For playoff MVS. Maddie, butt slapping a good job. Why? I'm not after you. Okay. Um, I did the whole offensive line for Toast game, so I don't feel oh, okay. Ooh, where do I want to go? Look at the Travis Kelsey. Um, Travis Kelsey had a really good game. He kind of made his presence felt from the get-go, but it's not for the two touchdowns. It's not for being the Chiefs, you know, number one receiving option like he should be and like what the goal is. It's because there was a lot more effort at his blocking. And not that I'm not trying to call him out on effort or anything like that all the time, but there were some plays against the Dolphins during this year where he just seemed like a guy that was a little beat up. He seemed like a guy that was a little tired. Maybe he didn't want to go fight that defensive end for an entire play on a run play. Maybe he didn't want to go run into a linebacker at full speed to earn an extra four yards for his wide receiver with the ball in his hands, right? This game he did, and it showed up a lot. I think he was doing an excellent job blocking downfield. He obviously made the big plays when they counted. So, like, yeah. Uh, we'll get a butt slap to Travis Kelsey. Uh, he deserved one. It's been a little too long since we've been able to give him one this year, whereas like in years past, it's every single week he's deserving of a two-hander. All right. Um, whole ass bottle of bourbon for Justin Reed. Uh, I know that this is probably not the best game to pick a Zero catches. Zero catches allowed. And I know that people are going to look at that and say, well, yeah, well, he wasn't really mashed up against anybody. He was mashed up against Stephon Diggs in the slot. And this was one 
that Buffalo tried like hell to make sure that Stephon Diggs stayed away from Legarius Sneed because, I mean, why why wouldn't you? You'd be silly to just be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll allow Legarius to dictate how this game is going to go. So they turn around, they hide him in the slot, they put another slot receiver opposite him to try and occupy Trent McDuffie, so they're trying to duck two elite corners. Justin Reed had to play man coverage against Stephon Diggs on several snaps. He was lined up against him and did not allow any catches, and he has now become this guy that is terrifying to come across the middle of the field against. He is lighting guys up legally. These are all big legal hits. Yes, he missed a play in the backfield that would have been a monster negative play early in the game, but he has become such a tone setter for this defense and to the point where guys are dropping passes in the middle of the field. Guys aren't securing things as strongly because they know that they're going to take a monster hit from somebody here. This is terrifying. We, we've seen it throughout the course of modern NFL football history. When you have that enforcer in the middle of the field, it makes things so much more difficult to make them go. And it's part of the reason why the Chiefs were able to hold them hold the Buffalo Bills to their lo- to the lowest passing yards allowed under Steve Spagnuolo in a postseason game is because of the way that Justin Reed was able to orchestrate, get multiple safeties on the same page as everybody else and come and lay the wood and set the tone. So whole ass bottle of vodka for him, or bourbon for him, used to be vodka. Now it's bourbon. Shout out Holiday, then Holiday Bourbon. And then after the game, to go out and have the confidence you know, go out and talk your shit, man. So, yeah, loved it there. Maddie, anything more before we get out of here, buddy? I, mean, I think we've got it all. I'm excited to break down this game. I'm excited to get into some more of what the Ravens were doing um, here against the Texans and down the stretch and just see this matchup. I, I think it'll be a fun one. I think this is a great game versus the Bills. Like, I get it. We don't always, you don't always want to play the Bills. A little bit of a rivalry. It's a friendly rivalry. We had a rivalry. But I mean, that game's so much fun to watch. And like when you keep coming out on the win, the win, winning side of all of the uh, playoff games, like it, it feels real good. Oh, I actually take that back. One more thing about this Ravens matchup. This game, Craig and I attended the, the first like Mahomes versus the Ravens game. Uh, Mac was a second year starting. Yes, that throw, the throw to Tyreek Hill was still, it still might be the best throw I have ever seen on a football field. That that play is always gonna stick in my mind when people start talking about Mahomes plays. Just that play right there, like that's the moment where you you already knew he was great, you already knew he was amazing, you knew he was one of those guys. But that's like where it was like he's different than those other those guys. And so while they the Chiefs and the Ravens have played since then, that is just always my lasting memory right now of the Chiefs versus the Ravens. So it would be awesome to see them erase that memory and replace it with an even better one this weekend. Ooh, gosh, that would be fun. That'd be fun. Chiefs go to a Super Bowl. Extend their playoff streak right now, their game win streak to six. Go to back-to-back Super Bowls for the second time in Patrick Mahomes' young career. We will be back on Thursday to get into this game a little bit more. Break down the schematics, dive into what the Ravens do, dive into what the Chiefs do, how they can both counteract it. So stay tuned to KCSN. We're going to have you covered all week long conference championship stuff. I'm Craig Stout from Maddie Lane. Be kind to each other. Catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.